Welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and today I'm joined by Ryan Plants, our lead pastor, and Brian Cobley, our students director and speaker from Sunday. We are in the second week of the series we're calling Better Together. First week was Grow Together. Serve Together. Serve Together. Yep. Uh, this week was... Grow Together. Thank you, Brian. That's right. Um, and Brian, you were the speaker. You got to um, talk about community, small yes. groups, fill in the blank with whatever form of growing in yep. a group together. Um, right off the bat, how different is the sermon prep for you from students on a Thursday night to a mixed congregation on a Sunday morning? It's actually quite different. Um, with students, maybe I, maybe I should try harder <laughs> for them. But the, I'm taking notes. Yeah, yeah sure. thank okay. you. Yeah, right try there. Right there. Okay. Try harder. Yep, got it. Um, with the students, it's just a shorter message usually, um, and you can't really go as deep as you would like to go to with adults. And so with students, it's it's definitely more of a conversation with them while you're teaching them. Um, and then there's a lot of stuff I would like to go deeper on conceptually, but it's just almost like a waste of time with mm-hmm. them. Like it's been, it would be fun for me to bring into a message, but it doesn't really add to the condensed point that I try and do to students while adults. It's like everything needs to be like, Thought out, thought out sure. through transitions. That, I think that's the hardest part for me when I write sermons for adults is how to write the transitions better to get from one point to the next without yeah. it feeling like mm-hmm. just a complete grinding of gears. Like yeah. grinding gears. Do you notice a difference in length of time preached for like a Sunday service compared to students, or do you go about the same time for both? No, no, I go shorter for students, okay. but sometimes I'll go over twenty minutes. But the sermon on Sunday, I honestly thought I went short. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it was over thirty minutes. Mm. Can we check up, that? I can look up on can, the, can the re- a research person? Can you? Yeah, mm-hmm. we're doing a little research. We've can got you check? Well, I, I want to take Ryan's question and ask it in a different way. Thirty-five, um, thirty-five minutes. Mm-hmm. Wow. So Ryan's question in a different way: Does Sunday morning feel like a marathon, or does Thursday nights just feel like, oh man, I'm trying to cram all this content into a short? Do they actually time. feel the same? They feel the same. They really okay. feel the same. Um, yeah, like it was, it's really funny in Bible college, the professors would tell me that right now you're struggling trying to make a 30 minute sermon. Like you're in your mind, you're like, okay, how do I preach this for 30 minutes? Cause there's going to be a point where you're up there and you're like, geez, how do I get this like to 30 minutes? I'm, I can go 40. And I think I finally have reached that point because mm. I'm actually shocked it was 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. But even mm-hmm. when I like went through it the uh, first time before I preached, I was four pages in. I was at 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm talking really slow, I guess, which oh, is not yeah. usually a problem sure. for me. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. on stage, I usually talk faster. Yeah. Yeah. I usually speed it up a little bit. The heart's running. The adrenaline's pumping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you try to get people to laugh and they don't laugh. So you're like, oh, okay, go through that faster. Yeah. yeah. Keep, keep driving. Keep <laughs> moving. Yep. <laughs> So when you were um, given the assignment of grow together, this community groups kind of conversation, um, what was the first thing that, or what was the first lead that you kind of followed for this message? Um, actually, so when we talked about it as a staff, I was actually going to go a totally different direction. Than yeah, I think what the I first preached. thing that you were going to jump on was the Psalms of Ascent. Yeah, how like mm-hmm. this community came together to worship together yep. all, all the time. And kind of, I was kind of leaning more towards 
showing up for your community more in a sense yeah. together. But then as uh, after we met as a staff and then I just went to the whiteboard, I just kind of focused more on the Jesus side of it. And the mm-hmm. Jesus side of it just led me into the us side of it by mm-hmm. having him be the example, which is why I started with Jesus being our example of mm-hmm. him embodying community with the Trinity yeah. and then him building the community. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I knew I wanted to use Acts 2. Yeah. 40. 42 through 47. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's such a, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the clear example of, it's, it's there's a reason why when people preach on community they go there yeah. so often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought you handled that passage really well and connected it really well too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because of that John 17 prayer, man. That, yeah. Really, that good. John 17 prayer really helped me get there. That was the transition I was looking for. I yeah. think it's been a good template for this series so far, and it was a bit unintentional. Um, you know, we knew the topics that we were going to be going through: um, serving, growing, and inviting. And um, uh, uh, it's been cool to see how God's um, orchestrated it so that essentially what we've been doing is just looking at Jesus. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We spent four weeks looking at Jesus preaching on the Mount. And now we are looking at, you know, what does it look like to embody a real like kingdom minded community? And we've just been looking at Jesus. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I think we should have thought of that. And it, 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 like, <laughs> of course, like where yeah. else would we look? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just interesting. I mean, I can't remember exactly what my process was for the serve together, but you know, I'm sure it was something similar. Where I was like, well, maybe we'll go here. And I was like, oh, well, we'll just, We'll look at Jesus Let's look first. At Jesus. Let's look at Jesus first. Yeah. And uh, it's what we're going to be doing for this coming week too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I loved how you looked at kind of how Jesus, what was it again? He um, embodied it. He built mm-hmm. it. He prayed, prayed for, for it. The for the continuation. And then it continues through us, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah. Well, and what I appreciate about looking at Jesus, then looking at the early church with a framework in mind is Jesus is clearly like the the A plus example of this is what it looks like to the umph degree, right? And then the early church is the practical, tangible, this is what it looks like to live out these principles. But I'm curious for the two of you, because you guys have been preaching in this series, is the challenge felt when you're putting this message together of here's the A plus example, here's an early example of what it looked like. Now, what does that look like for... 2022 in Washington state in a less nomadic community and a more, um, I guess we have a certain amount of financial and also just different responsibilities than the early church did. Um, obviously their way of life and our way of life is night and day different. Did you guys feel that struggle of, all right, Jesus is almost an unapproachable example of what it means. The early church did it in their context. Now, how does that show up in our context? Is that something you guys struggled with in the sermon prep for these weeks? It was definitely something I thought about um, because the early church, the fellowship of believers made sense because they had each other. Like it was a, what they were doing was somewhat illegal. And so... Mm-hmm. They had each other. They, mm-hmm. they literally needed each other yeah. Um, to keep it going, which I think more in a mental health and I think in a sense, com- our common sense, we mm-hmm. all know that we you know, need community, mm-hmm. but it's not as dire as they mm-hmm. needed for each other in this mm-hmm. sense of they really needed each other to stay alive. Well, and I wonder when you said it wasn't that dire, I wonder if the early church would look at us today and say, this is what it looks like if you don't have the community, you know? Well, yeah. And I think one thing that um, 
I believe Brian and I talked about this past week was looking at that passage in Acts chapter two and imagining what that would look like Mm -hmm. and just kind of trying to put more color to those words Mm -hmm. and how they um, devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to the breaking of bread and they shared everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even, you know, Brian, you alluded to the, the, the subtitle in his translation was like the fellowship of the believers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels like something out of like, you know, like the Lord of the Rings, right. And like, here they are. And there, it's just this very idyllic, almost like picturesque thing. And I, and I think that, you know, Luke, as he wrote that was, was putting forth this kind of idealized version of what was happening, uh, an aspirational community that, yeah. that we should move toward. But we were talking about, you know, back then, people lived in such immediate proximity to one another. You didn't have like yards and commutes yeah. and and big streets. Yeah. I mean, people lived like on top of each other. And at this point, you know, I, I don't believe it was so nomadic, but it was very much like urban density, in mm-hmm. which the, with, with which these people lived. Mm-hmm. There weren't vehicles that could transport you, you know, 30 minutes from Monroe out here to mm-hmm. uh, Woodenville yeah. or, you know, down from Bellevue up here, like up to Nineveh, right? Like you said. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so everyone was just so much more kind of closely intertwined mm-hmm. that I do think a part of that community, like Brian said, they needed each other. But there was also, I think, a natural, if I'm walking to go get, whatever. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure they made their own bread and all that stuff too. But if I'm walking to the marketplace to get something, there was a lot of like overlap in life. Mm-hmm. Whereas today, I think our big struggle in growing together is we are so self-sufficient, right? Like mm-hmm. back then, I think built into the community was like an other's dependency. Yeah. Um, and even more so for that group of early believers that were being persecuted. But now we're so self-sufficient that we don't really need each other. And I think that's a huge roadblock for us to, to, to really enjoy life together. So I'm wondering like, what, how do we, how, how would, how do we overcome those roadblocks? Like what are steps we need to take? So the one thing, I don't know if we could ever thought on my mind, I don't think we could ever overcome being self-sufficient, but what we could do to even just combat it a little bit is invite people in. So Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I see this with my wife and her friends and you know, maybe it's just a girl thing, but my wife and her friend will always set up a day that they're going grocery shopping together. Oh, wow. Like, just shopping together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I've, I've never called up Hayden. Like, hey, dude, I'm going to I'm going to Costco today. You want to just go to Costco together? Been waiting and for that call. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, on that, on that thought process, like, I don't need Hayden to go to Costco with me. But and, and, and your wife probably doesn't need th- her doesn't friend need, to come yeah, either. Yeah. Right? But, yeah. but they have this sense of community with each other wow that's good the yeah and so like i i I don't know if again i don't know if we can combat being self um self-reliant self-reliant but i think we can do a better job inviting people in well let's Mm -hmm. i love that example i mean when we're talking about like actual concrete Mm -hmm. ways to like do life together you know some of the ones you presented which i think were, were great ones um you know let's let's get together as a church community and devote ourselves to the apostles teaching mm-hmm. right the jesus teaching um and uh let's break bread together let's let's be a part of groups and i think those are things that we were challenged to it was cool to see the response mm-hmm. um you know in just the past 24 hours so many yeah. more people signing up for <laughs> yeah. groups and seeing more and more people gathered here on sunday mornings mm-hmm. it's been super exciting to see those things but i mean i think we all hunger for like a deeper connection with people even beyond that mm-hmm. and so like there your wife is doing that awesome but like how would you guys respond if like on a friday 
at 2 p.m. And Friday's our day off for those listening. Mm -hmm. If I was like, hey, guys, I'm going to head over to Safeway yeah. and go grocery shopping for some things for my family real quick. Mm -hmm. Do you guys want to... Do you guys want to join me? So I recommend I recommend Winco because Safeway is super expensive. But let's, wait, let's, yeah. let's change it because honestly, yeah. I feel like you're new. You're the lead pastor. Yeah. This yeah. example a little skewed because we're like, okay, I guess we. Should I guess go. the boss is yeah. asking me. <laughs> you got to go to Safeway. I guess well, the boss ask, is asking me to go grocery. Let shopping. me ask yeah. you. Yeah. That yeah. if Hayden, Michael, yeah. Allison, or myself, we reach out to you, like, hey man, I'm going to Safeway. <laughs> I'm gonna go shopping. Do you want to come? Oh, Would man. you go? Because I feel like we'd be more inclined. To say yes. Yeah. To that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, if you were to flip it around, first of all, I'd be like, man, I've never been asked to go grocery shopping <laughs> yeah. with someone else. Mm -hmm. But it is one of those mundane everyday activities that occupies at least an hour or two of everyone's week, mm -hmm. and perhaps drawing someone else into that moment is just a really sweet, simple way to spend more time mm -hmm. with someone in an environment that, like, you know. Usually you're by yourself or maybe you're with your spouse. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just very interesting. I think there I think what it shows me is there there we do not lack for um uh ways to connect with other people. The only thing that, mm -hmm. that we're lacking in is our creativity or our imagination. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and here's the thing, even shopping though is a funny example because if I did go shopping with you and I'm like, gosh dang it, Ryan is an every aisle guy. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm never shopping with this man again. And I am. Are you yeah, in every? No, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been with. I've been with. Like I've been shopping with my wife and her friends before, and yeah. she has friends that are like in every aisle, every like, like product that have to get their mm -hmm. eyes on to see. Do sure. I need this one? Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. Today, yeah. So, wow. Like, mm -hmm. there's there. It's it's hard because like I bring that up example because if you're gonna do this, you're gonna do it right, you have to be okay with also a little bit of sacrifice and inconvenience. Mm -hmm. Because if I did invite you to go shopping with me, mm -hmm. it's gonna be a longer process than just us together yeah. with conversations. We're gonna walk yeah. slower in the aisle than me just going directly towards mm -hmm. the product that I'm gonna get. But yes. if you care about community, you do need to be willing to sacrifice and be just somewhat inconvenient. Yes, mm -hmm. which brings up um, that Acts passage. And I think that this is the thing that resonated with me most um, from your message uh, was in Acts 2 when you read through chat, uh, verses 42 through 47. And I've almost exclusively thought about this with respect to sharing of money. Uh, the idea that um, uh, all the believers, this is in uh, verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. So I always thought in terms of well, what would that look like in the church? And I thought about money. And I do think, you know, here at Arbor, we, we give and we are able to um, help those in need through our benevolence fund. Mm -hmm. And that is happening in that actual practical sense. But you you kind of phrased it in a little different way on Sunday. You 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 touched on the money, the monetary yeah. component, but you extended it a little bit. Yeah, I right? talked about people's time as well because I feel like in our world, our time has become more precious and more valuable than our money or possessions. Yeah, and in a world where we're so self-sufficient, I think we're self-sufficient because we do live in a very abundant place. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure like we all stress about how are we going to pay the bills and that kind of stuff in different ways, but comparatively speaking to 2000 years ago or to a majority of the world right now, we live in a, in a, in a space of abundance. And so we are relatively self-reliant, but I think kind of going back into that example of asking someone to go grocery shopping with you or inviting people into the spaces and places where like you're usually doing it on your own because you're focused on the task. Mm -hmm. 
what you said was so true. We have to sacrifice something. In that moment, if I were to invite you guys to go to Safeway or what was the grocery store you recommended? Uh, Winco. Winco? Yeah. Winco. If, if we were to go to one of those spots, it's it becomes a less efficient trip because yeah. you're grabbing stuff and I'm grabbing stuff and we're talking. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to make sacrifices on the efficiency mm-hmm. of my own space, my own time, getting the task done and inviting other people into those things. And I wonder, you know, what are some other ways mm-hmm. that we can make a sacrifice with my time, yeah. right? My efficiency and invite other people into mm-hmm. those things. Yeah. And I think that um, for the female audience out there, we had men's breakfast on Saturday. And mm. my brain goes to um, the analogy that you used of a stovetop, right? Oh, and there's yeah. only yeah, so much fuel. Too. What? That was the first time I heard that analogy. Yeah. And um, there's only so much fuel that can go to each, let's just call it a priority in your life, right? Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's the the flip side of this, right? Of if I'm going to the grocery store alone and I'm able to get in and out in seven to 10 minutes versus now I'm going to go to the grocery store for half an hour with Ryan and Brian, mm-hmm. um, there is some resources in time being pulled away from other priorities in your life. And I think that's one of the challenges of this sermon, right? Is you're now, you're asking us, which is not a bad thing to now put a priority on community, right? When so many of us also have, families, jobs, and other things that kind of take place. You'd mentioned on um, at the men's breakfast, like health as well. There's so many areas. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have gotten to a place in our self-reliance and our self-sufficiency that community kind of takes, takes the back burner. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think that's the challenge of, we have to look at the priorities in our life. And are we saying that community is one of the top, you know, four things on the, on the stove. Um, based off of what we learned on Sunday in the passages, where would community line up in that order of priorities for the church, the early church in Acts? Wow. I honestly think community would be up there. I wonder if they would even separate family and community. Yeah, and I think that's also another distinction that might not be necessary. I think, I think for them, I think those two went hand in hand quite a bit. And I think what you what you find in like New Testament studies mm-hmm. that like first century is that people didn't live like just mom, dad, and their kids in a house. Yeah. There was yeah. a lot more people yeah. per household. A household yeah. wasn't like the quote unquote nuclear family. It was a lot mm-hmm. broader than that. And so, uh, and beyond that, you know, yeah. I, I think um, walls. You know, like mm-hmm. I go home to my house and mm-hmm. I pull up and I open the garage door and I park my car and I go in the house. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just I, I cannot see my neighbors if I don't want to see my neighbors. Yeah. Um, but I think um, in that community back then, it just wasn't it. That wasn't the way it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were you were out in life with other people. Common mm-hmm. spaces weren't just like your family's living room. It mm-hmm. was it was like the neighborhood square. Yeah, like that's where you mm-hmm. spent time. You know, I went to Turkey last August on a study tour, and a, a culture that's kind of closer geographically to that Middle Eastern culture. Yeah, and even to this day, I mean, we would drive around these like older villages. And people like would have like, you know, like those really cheap plastic chairs that you have like sometimes outside in your backyard. They would just have those. They'd set them up around in a circle and people would be like hanging out and just like connecting and um, their living environment. They didn't have like homes and it wasn't because they I think were impoverished. It was just like their style of living. It would be rural 
and then there'd be apartment buildings. Yeah. And, and they would all just kind of be living in like, so these really close quarters. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think our culture is different yeah. than that. And I, I don't think that's necessarily bad. No. Uh, unless we allow it to like isolate us yeah. from other people. Yeah. Well, because I mean, I, I've never actually experienced this myself, <clears throat> just from what I've seen in movies and TV shows. But you know, there are churches, kind of more rural churches or like Midwest churches where it's like a whole like feast after church. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so, yeah. Like they're yeah. all mm-hmm. like cooking together, yep. hanging mm-hmm. out together, just. We yeah. call it potlucking, but yeah. I don't yeah. know if they'd call it a potluck, they'd probably just call it the after church meals. I mean, it's not impossible. No, mm-hmm. no. Like and so and culturally for them, that's probably mm-hmm. what they're used to. Totally. I we were we, I, at the last church I was at, you know, we we had a monthly meal together. And I had a friend who was kind of helping us revive this church, and he's a, a Korean American professor at a university in the area, and he grew up in a like a Korean American uh, church. Mm-hmm. And they ate every Sunday. Like it was just part of the Sunday. Like he's like, church was five hours. You would go, you'd worship, you'd listen to the message, you would have Sunday school, you'd have mm-hmm. this big meal afterward, and like all the grandmas and moms would be cooking all, all this Korean food. And mm-hmm. it was like a whole to do every single week. It was just their culture. Mm-hmm. And I think we're so much more like um, independently minded people, uh-huh. Americans, you know? And, and that's just not part of our. Yeah. But w- what's interesting is, tell me if you guys feel this. When you are, pro- when you have the proposal of like engaging in a community kind of style event, do you ever feel like a sense of like um, resistance to it? Like if you have like a regularly scheduled group, like if you're part of a group mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, it's Tuesday night, it's group night, do you ever feel a sense of like, okay, gotta do it? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Sometimes I feel that way about a Sunday, where mm-hmm. I'm like Sunday morning. Even I wake yeah. up like, oh, do I got to go to church? Yes. Yeah, you're preaching today. Yeah, yeah. Right. exactly. Yeah, let's all go. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but then, like, let me ask you this: like, how do you feel most of the time after? Oh, amazing. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Right. Like, so good. Yeah. Like, your soul needed that, right? Mm-hmm. But so I always struggle with if I'm an extrovert or introvert, and I'm pretty confident I'm an extrovert. Okay. But I also am a homebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I have conflicting mm-hmm. like things that I love being around people. When I'm around people, I have a I have a blast. It's always yeah. fun. But I'm also when I'm home, I don't want to leave home. Home is like my sanctuary. And so when I get home and then somebody reaches out to me about, hey, you want to go do this? I'm like, you could should have asked me <laughs> before yeah. I yeah. before yeah. I sat on my couch, man. I love my home. Well, that's the question is, you know, and I was thinking about this too, like the the value of like mm-hmm. home and like why do I like to be at home and like be on my couch and like read a book and have like a good like two or three hour spot by my I, I think that's fine and healthy and normal. But I do think that there might be for some of us like an overvalue of that space at home and mm-hmm. the comfort mm-hmm. and like what am I what do I have to give in the home? Like, mm-hmm. what do I have to sacrifice? Going back to that Acts mm-hmm. 2, 44 and 45. Like, what what am I giving? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Like, like Lord willing, in the, not Lord willing, but like in my own mind, like Lord willing in this moment, like I have undisturbed yeah. time for me. Mm-hmm. That's, again, I'm not saying that that time, that we shouldn't have that time and that it's like always selfish to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I do think it can devolve to a point where it's like we, we create an idol. Yeah. Out That's of that. True. Right? Yeah. I've, I just love my home. <laughs> Same. So I'm in my snuggie. Yeah. Like I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't really have a snuggie, but I yeah. Just no, you do. I, I can <laughs> see you with a snuggie. Yeah. Can, can, can't you see Brian with a snuggie? Hey. Oh, of course. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Little Forty Niners snuggie. Yeah. Forty Niners snuggie. Nice. Okay. No, but it really is. Uh, it, that one's a hard one for me. So I love hanging out with people when I do. It's always fun. But when I've already like driven through the traffic to get to Lake Stevens mm-hmm. from. Uh, 
from work. Like Stephen, someone's like, "Hey, you want to go hang out?" I'm like, "I just, I just got out of the traffic." Sure, mm-hmm. and and again, I mean, it's part of our cultural issue, right? In that, like back then, if you were like living in Jerusalem, and someone's mm-hmm. like, you know, they come and knock on your door and you want to hang out, like you got, you know, you live on the same block, you yeah. know. <laughs> Whereas, like here, I, I I remember, and I want to ask you guys, like, um, what, one of our sweetest times, Carrie and I, in community, mm-hmm. uh, was when we lived in the same neighborhood with so many of our friends mm-hmm. that, that we went to church with, and we were in a small group mm-hmm. together, and we could like literally walk a quarter mile, and yeah. it would really be like they'd jump in our house and hang out for a couple hours, and we'd be on a neighborhood walk with our mm-hmm. kids. Our kids were so much younger back then, and we would do that. Like, yeah. can you guys think about times in your life where like God really used community, um, and what did that look like, and what were some of the circumstances where there was like really, really joyful kind of like yeah. uh, life giving moments of community? Well, I think that Brian and I would differ on this, but for me, it was it was Bible college, mm-hmm. living in the dorms with, uh, yeah, I know Brian was never a dorm student. He was always off campus. But um, for me, like some of my closest friends in life and to this day, like I still am in um, friendship and relationship with those people, like just living a few doors down from people, always having someone to go do something with mm-hmm. or even just, you know, work on homework in the same room, but not really talking yeah. or like playing video games in different rooms in the same dorm and not really talking. Like there was just a community of we could do whatever, whenever. And, um, but I don't know if I've had that. I don't, I haven't had a neighborhood experience like that yet mm. in my life. So yeah, and you'll discover a, a more of a loner. Yeah. I come across as. So in Bible college, uh, I came in at 21 years old. Uh-huh. So I was already like pretty much older than the majority of the. You were like a grandfather. Pretty, that's everyone. how they all yeah. looked at me, uh, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but so I didn't live on campus and I had to, I couldn't really afford Bible college mm-hmm. even after the loans and the yeah. grants. So I had to work seven days a week, two jobs, over 40 hours just to be able to. Oh, wow. You had to walk uphill to both jobs, to both, yeah, bare both okay. ways. Barefoot. Wow, crazy. Um, uh-huh. but yeah, so I, had, I was working nonstop while I was at sure. Bible college for those three and a half years to even afford it. Yeah. And so I couldn't give that community thing. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. Trying to pay for that community thing. Sure, sure. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, you found some of it, but you didn't have that kind of experience yeah. where someone can like go to school. They're taking like 15 hours of classes and kind of they're hanging out in the dorms and yeah, stuff like I that. I took my... I did my full-time yep. school, and as soon as the class is done, mm-hmm. I had to hop and drive to my job. Yeah, so I think that's a, that, that actually brings up a question I had for you, Brian, is what are some obstacles that you think people might face in our church at Arbor um, with respect to um, uh, some of the challenges that you laid before them, uh, coming to church on a regular basis yeah. on the weekends and being involved in a group, two really tangible things. The number are, one, is, I think, those with family, uh, kids' sports. Kids' have sports. Like, taken over yeah like the and that you know there's families whose kids do sports even like outside of the public school so mm-hmm. that traveling sport world like yeah. we have a a really wonderful family here um where they have five kids and oh. i think the youngest is middle school okay and they're all in sports yeah so when we get a glimpse of them on sunday it's like the greatest thing it's like oh, oh my gosh yeah, there's sure. one sunday sure. that finally yeah um but a lot of times when i would see uh like the husband, it's because the wife was doing the sports stuff, and then when I see the wife, it's because the husband was doing okay the sports stuff. So that's the number one thing I see: sports and stuff. Sports, yeah, as being an obstacle. Sure, yeah. sure. How about you, Hayden? Have you seen any obstacles? Yeah, I think that um, I think that a lot of people find themselves in a community already in their life, mm-hmm. um, or they might find themselves in a community here at Arbor or a church they've been a part of. I think sometimes there's um, there's just a challenge of 
overlapping those communities, right? So like I might find myself in a really good um, groove with my neighborhood or my kids' sports leagues, mm-hmm. or I might find myself very connected at Arbor and a challenge to bring those two worlds together. Yeah. Um, or a hesitancy of like, oh, I, I would love to be involved here at Arbor in this group or this community, but I've got these things going on these nights or these weekends. And I think that the challenge is, it's not to say as a a follower of Jesus and a member here at Arbor that you have to pull yourself out of these, let's call them secular communities or just not church communities. Um, It's how do you bring those together? Is that just inviting your, your sports league parents to church or is that somehow figuring out a way to bring Arbor to those sports league parents and vice versa. Those are just examples. But I think the challenge is that there are people that are in really good community. It just might not be church affiliated, right? Or Yeah, and I, I would say, yeah, in that kind of situation, if you're if those communities are propelling you to follow Jesus yeah. more closely, then more power to exactly, you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, I think churches have overstepped their boundaries in saying like they have to be yep. our church sanctioned yep. groups yeah. that you have to be exactly. involved in, you yep. know? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's that's an important thing to mm-hmm. to uh, place as a caveat. I think I think if Arbor is your church home, we want to see you here worshiping together on Sundays mm-hmm. because I do think that that's kind of like the epicenter of our life together. Um, but with respect to groups, if you know people are already involved in a BSF group or some other kind of group where they're being spiritually fed and growing with yeah. with Christ, and that like, yeah, again, more power to you. Don't don't add more yeah. to your plate and burn yourself out, you know, emotionally mm-hmm. and mentally for the sake of spiritually. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it would have a net negative effect i think yeah. ultimately i think another obstacle i've seen just arbor and churches across the board is i think some people get i, I know i experienced this as a staff member it, that it's hard to go into the sanctuary and do the discipline of sitting down mm-hmm. for the message mm-hmm. like for it's just as a staff member you, i mean we do it every single week sure yeah sometimes mm-hmm. um you know multiple times a week if you're mm-hmm. involved in other stuff as well you know sometimes it can blend over to um the people serving like crazy that Mm -hmm. those who serve they show up because they want to serve they love the ministry that they're serving Mm -hmm. but on the days that they're not serving they choose to not even come for oh to church Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, to the Mm -hmm. church for the worship yeah it's just the the days that they serve when they come Yeah. yeah so yeah that one's like if I had to challenge some of our our members again, it would be like, can you mm-hmm. show up yeah. on a day that you're mm-hmm. really here to show up? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and even if you don't like the preaching, you know, <laughs> right? Like whether <laughs> Hayden does a good job, <laughs> exactly. Even if you don't like it, I mean, I just I what I found here at Arbor is the people are just absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful, and yeah. it's just a gift to be able to come mm-hmm. into a space like this, especially in a world that is so divided and there's so much antagonism and negativity to be surrounded by people yeah. who really are just i mean I, I just feel like it's a gift to be able to come here every yeah. sunday and and be with the people that are here i mean when carrie and i were praying through coming here to arbor mm-hmm. um one of the things that i think god just highlighted was like this is a beautiful community mm-hmm. and there's some wonderful people here and even if you don't want to, if you don't like the the preaching or whatever like man it's just some wonderful people to spend time with mm-hmm. so like and I man, I thought sermon. people have come and helped me like every. That's what I mean. It's it's, it's it's really it's it's really just wonderful. And so, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I've 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 I, I thought I thought your message was really, um, really on point, and I was mm-hmm. really challenged in particular by that. Like, what are the things that I need to give up? Because and I, what I also loved was, um, other people might need that thing, and for mm-hmm. me, I thought my time. 
Yeah. I just want to continue to be generous with my time and um, give that because um, I can be stingy with that. I think in the same mm-hmm. way, it's like I want that time at my house yeah. for my time off to rest. Mm-hmm. But um, in, in ways that are healthy, what are ways that I can give of that? Mm-hmm. We can go golfing more. Maybe I wonder what are some other ways that God might <laughs> challenge me to give my time. You yeah. met Gary, man. Mm. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, we are uh, at our time. So is there anything else before we close out the podcast? Nope. Sign up for groups. Arborchurch.com slash groups. Nice. I think plug. they're almost all full. Allison just walked in the room. I think there are only a few spaces left, yeah, right? Yeah. Also commit to every Sunday for the Philippians series that we're going to start here. Yep. Two mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. We're starting Philippians. Maybe read ahead. Read, read through the letter a few times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and get prepared for that series. It's going to be awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys for uh, talking about the message. And uh, thank you to anyone who watched or listened. And we will see you guys next week. See you next week. Bye.